Hello, welcome to this episode of the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. I'm Wayne, I'm your host here at Christmas Alphabet Podcast. On this podcast, we do Christmas every two weeks, all year round, and we do it in alphabetical order. Each episode looks at Christmas stuff that starts with one single letter of the alphabet. Today we're on to episode O. And today we have a Christmas Carol special episode. Well, to be honest, it's not really that. It was never designed to be that. There are just loads of the most popular traditional carols that start with the letter O. So I'm going to do a rundown of five of your top charting Christmas carols. And we're going to have time for a few other O's as well. But mainly today, we are going to be looking at the history of five Christmas carols starting with the letter O. If you don't like Christmas carols of the traditional variety, well, maybe this episode isn't for you. But please stay with me, because there is a good story behind every one of these carols. You might find them fascinating, interesting, learn something new, and go away humming some of those Christmas carols and getting a bit of Christmas spirit into your heart whatever time of the year you're listening to this. All here on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Today we have a Christmas carol special and we're starting with O is for O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The words of this carol started as a series of prayers sung in Latin through the last seven days of Advent preparing for Christmas, what were called the O Antiphons. Each of these prayers tells us about Jesus as he is described in the Old Testament. Yes, the Old Testament. It's like an Advent calendar of names of Jesus. The Key of David, the Morning Star, the King of the Nations, and it ends up with Emmanuel, God with us. And these prayers go back 1,500 years. We did look at this a bit earlier in the alphabet. But then we get this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And that's more recent. It started with a 13th century song in Latin. And then it reached its current form in Victorian times. Written by John Mason Neal in 1851. Now this John Mason Neal, he's the same guy who wrote Good King Wenceslas. We heard some of his story back then under letter G. He loved to create songs for the Advent and Christmas season that put the season into its historical framework. Neil set this Advent hymn to a medieval French tune that gives us a song that sounds ancient and mysterious and beautiful and prepares the heart for the coming of Jesus at Christmas. I think that's what this song is about. What are the best cover versions of this carol? Well, maybe Kelly Clarkson or Bell and Sebastian. There are a few good ones out there. Go and seek them out. O is for O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Today we're on the letter O, and this is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Today we have what's amounted to a Christmas carol special. There are so many Christmas carols beginning with O. And O is for O Come All Ye Faithful. O Come All Ye Faithful is one of the most popular English carols. 
but it began life written in Latin by an Englishman living in France. John Francis Wade was a music copyist and calligrapher living in a Catholic community in Douai in France in 1750. His beautiful manuscript books were the finest examples of his artistic craft. A combination of musical talent with all those skills of the ancient medieval scribes. Wade also published hymns, particularly hymns in Latin, and one such was Adeste Fidelis. And it's still a bit of a mystery whether he wrote the song himself or whether he copied something that was already in existence. There is a theory that the words in Latin are a coded message to the Jacobites, that group who wanted a Catholic king reinstated in England. And in this reading, the faithful in the carol are those who want to see Bonnie Prince Charlie becoming the King of England. Others think that's all a bit fanciful. The carol was first sung in England at the Portuguese Embassy in London, one of the few places where Catholic worship was still allowed. And it became known as the Portuguese Hymn. And it may even have been written by a king of Portugal. That's one of the many theories behind this carol. It took nearly a hundred years for the carol to get translated into English. The translator was Frederick Oakley, a senior Anglican clergyman based in London. Oakley gave over the English version of the carol to the Church of England. And then, four years later, he became a Roman Catholic and eventually a canon of Westminster Cathedral, and he worked for most of his life among the poor of London. Oakley's English version, unlike the Latin original, doesn't rhyme and has an irregular meter. But the carol is simple and unsophisticated and easily sung. And for more than 200 years now, in Latin, in English and in many other languages, the words and music written by a transplanted Englishman have become one of the most popular songs of Christmas. It's a song with a complicated history, but I think it's popular because the words are simple and direct, with that hook in the chorus, O come let us adore him, and it calls us to come in spirit to Bethlehem, joyful and triumphant to worship Jesus. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Today in our O episode, we've got a Christmas carol special, and we're moving on now to another well-known carol, beginning with O. O is for Once in Royal David City. In the traditional English carol service, this is the first carol in the service of nine lessons and carols, with the first verse of Once in Royal being sung by a solo boy chorister. And that, for many people with a traditional heart, marks the beginning of Christmas. It's not one of my favourite carols, I have to say. It was written for children back in 1848, and I don't think it stood the test of time as well as other carols of that era. The writer of the words was called Cecil Francis Alexander, who was a woman, although she's got three male names for some reason. Anyway, Cecil Francis Alexander wrote lots of children's hymns, each of them to teach a different aspect of the Christian faith. So you'll probably have heard of some of her hymns like All Things Bright and Beautiful and There Is a Green Hill Far Away, as well as this one. <laughs> 
the first two verses are good, but then for my taste it all gets a bit preachy about how children should be good and obedient and mild. And then the final line says, we will go to heaven and be like stars waiting around, which is a very odd line. Now I know waiting around in this sense means serving, you know, like a waiter does, but it's a, it's a line that needs rewriting to be used these days, to be honest. Once in Royal, as it's known, was written as a poem and then set to music by Henry Gauntlet. The tune's okay, but it's not the most catchy or singable. There is a nice folky version of it by Sufjan Stevens you might want to check out. Once in Royal David City Stood a lonely cattle shed Where a mother laid her baby In a manger for his bed Mary was that mother mild Jesus Christ, her little child O is for Once in Royal David City Here on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast You're listening to the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, and today we're looking at all things Christmas, starting with the letter O. Most of today's episode is a Christmas carol special, but let's move away from the carols for a bit and have a quick rundown of some other Christmas O's. So O is for Odin, the father of the gods in Norse mythology. There are loads of articles online saying that our British Father Christmas and the American Santa Claus are really derived from Odin and all the Yule traditions of Scandinavia. And yes, we can say that Santa and Odin are both old men with long white beards who fly through the night with magical helpers delivering gifts. But, you know, I'm not so convinced it all stacks up. It's easy to see in history just what we want to see. We know very little about the Vikings before they converted to Christianity and how many of those old stories were perhaps influenced by Christian traditions rather than the other way around. Just don't be taken in by everything you read is what I want to say. O is for Odin and O is for Oplatek. Oplatek is an important part of the Polish Christmas. What is it? Well, the Oplatek is a, a wafer often uh, with a picture of a nativity scene on it. An oplatek can be round or rectangular and is traditionally blessed by the priest, like the communion wafers, and used in the traditional meal that Polish families share on Christmas Eve. The oplatek represents family and forgiveness, and the oplatek is shared around the table. And that sharing of the oplatek is a tradition that goes back a thousand years. O is for the ox and the ass, the animals that by tradition were in the stable where Jesus was born. They're not in the Bible, and to be honest, neither is the stable. But the stories of the ox and the ass, which means a cow and a donkey, go way back to a book called the Gospel of Pseudo-Matthew, which is nothing to do with the Gospel of Matthew. In fact, this book was written in about 700 AD. Uh, the story has these animals bowing down to Jesus in his manger. 
And that story has influenced all our ideas of the scene of the nativity and all those animals that we sing about in Christmas carols. O is for the ox and the ass. O is for Old Christmas, which is still celebrated by some people on January the 5th or the 6th or the 7th. Take your pick. The date of Old Christmas goes back to the change in the calendar which started in 1582 when Pope Gregory decided that the dates, as they were then in their calendar, had got out of kilter with the year, the equinoxes and everything. The new calendar that he brought in standardised leap years and made January the 1st the start of everyone's year. It wasn't always like that. But to catch up all those lost days, they had to miss 10 days out of the calendar. But not everyone adopted the new calendar. Great Britain didn't adopt the new standard until 1752, and Japan didn't get on board until 1873. Now all these changes messed up when it was supposed to be Christmas. And some people, especially in Britain, held on to what they called the Old Christmas Day on January the 5th. Meanwhile, branches of the Orthodox Church have never accepted the Gregorian calendar in their calculations and their Christmas is still set by the old Julian calendar. But over the centuries, the differences between the two calendars has increased and so that 5th of January date has slipped to the 6th and now to the 7th in the new calendar. But O is still for Old Christmas. O is also for O Tannenbaum, otherwise known as O Christmas Tree. This song is an anthem to the faithfulness of the fir tree, which stays green even in the winter snow. The Christmas version, O Weihnachtsbaum, makes the song about the Christmas tree, and then the English version is usually O Christmas Tree, O Christmas Tree. The tune goes back to 1550 which started out as a love song and then became about the fir tree and then the Christmas tree in the 19th century. That tune has been used all over the place. It's used as a state song for four US states and for the British Labour Party with the words the red flag. If you want to know more about O Christmas Tree then Tim Babb did an excellent piece about it in his Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. Uh, look up episode 75 for that. O is for O Tannenbaum. O is for oranges. All my life I've found a Christmas stocking at the end of my bed or by my bedside on Christmas morning. We still do Christmas stockings, do you? If not, why not? <laughs> and at the bottom of the stocking, without fail, is an orange. Or maybe a Satsuma or a tangerine, or a clementine, or what my supermarket these days just calls an easy peel, which I don't think is really a fruit name at all. But what is it with oranges and Christmas? Oranges are associated with wealth and power, for one thing, and there's a tradition associating oranges with the bags of gold left for a dowry by St Nicholas. The orange is also at the centre of the Christingle, 
which is a popular way of communicating the Christmas message to children in churches, where the orange represents the world and is decorated with a ribbon and sweets and a candle. So O is for oranges. May they take their rightful place in the Christmas traditions. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, and we're looking today at the letter O. So that's got all the other O's out of the way, but today most of our O's are Christmas carols. And I'm going back there now. I'm calling this a Christmas carol special, and it's time for our fourth carol, beginning with O. O is for O Little Town of Bethlehem. The words of this carol are by Phillips Brooks, one of America's outstanding ministers of the 19th century. Brooks was a pastor of Holy Trinity Church Philadelphia. He took a trip to the Holy Land in 1865, and while he was there, Brooks had been to a service at the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. He found the experience profoundly moving, and he said that three years later it was still singing in his soul. That's the way he put it. Brooks wanted to find a special carol for the children of his church to sing at Christmas. And he had in his mind that peaceful scene in the little town of Bethlehem that he'd visited. And he completed the writing of the carol in just one evening. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. The picture is of a quiet town of a deep and dreamless sleep with silent clouds going by. Lovely. In truth... The peace of that little town of Bethlehem, the day Jesus was born, would have been broken by all that was going on. All those who descended from King David had descended on the town to register in the census imposed by the emperor. The guest rooms were full, and you can imagine that people were sleeping rough, full of wine, most of them. Among the noise of the animals and the angry crowds, even the cry of a newborn would have been difficult to hear. But the carol is about Bethlehem, well, as it should be, more than a reality, I suppose. As God's wondrous gift came to Bethlehem, as it says in the carol, so Jesus comes into our lives today and casts out our sins and fears. O Little Town is best known to two different tunes on the two sides of the Atlantic. The original tune to the carol was written by Lewis Redner, He was organist at the church where Phillips Brooks was rector and he wrote the tune especially for the carol and isn't known to have written anything else. No little town of Bethlehem How still we see thee lie And above thy deep and dreamless sleep The silent stars go by Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight But that's not the tune now used for the carol here in Britain, where we have to be different. It's sung over here to a tune called Forest Green, adapted by Vaughan Williams, the composer, from a folk song he collected at the beginning of the 20th century. So same carol, equally loved unknown on both sides of the Atlantic, but to different tunes. Oh, little 
favourite tune. The most notable cover is a song called Little Town, written by Chris Eaton, which was a big Christmas hit for Cliff Richard in Britain in 1982 and is better known in the States for a version by Amy Grant. Christmas Alphabet Podcast. And today on this, well, what has become a Christmas carol special, we have our final carol beginning with an O, and it is O for O Holy Night. Now this may be our last carol, and it may have the most complicated history of them all. It started out in France. There's a French poem called Minuit Chrétienne, Midnight Christians. This was set to music in 1844 by a French composer of theatrical music. He's called Adolphe Adam, and he's best known for his ballet Giselle. The song that he wrote had some success, but then some church leaders turned against it. First of all, they thought it was too political, and then they thought wrongly that Adam was Jewish. And in an alarming display of anti-Semitism, they decided that because of this, the song shouldn't be sung. So as it dropped out of fashion in France, the French song found new life in Canada, and then went to the States, and an English version was written by a Unitarian minister, John Dwight. Dwight was working to end slavery in America, and he loved that line that he rendered into English as, Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. So yes, it was a political song, and remains so. The song soon became an American classic, and it's quite recently become one of the most popular carols in Britain as well. It's better suited to listen to than to sing as a congregation, 
because it's got a massive range. It starts low, but then it goes alarmingly high. If you don't start it low enough, you're never going to get to those top notes. One or two good cover versions are out there. Mariah Carey's had a good go at singing it, as has Josh Groban, if you like him, and, well, any number of others you can look up. O is for O Holy Night, and this is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne, and that's the end of this episode for the letter O. I hope you've enjoyed our carols special. If it's your first episode you've listened to, we don't always do lots of carols. There's just lots of carols starting with the letter O. All the music on this podcast is in the public domain or used for review purposes. Please subscribe to the Christmas Alphabet podcast. Please tell your friends all about us. Do follow us on social media. We're Christmas Alphabet Podcast on Facebook, at Christmas Alpha on Twitter, Christmas Alphabet on Instagram. Please leave us a review on Facebook. Give us a comment there or review us on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app. A few five-star reviews would be most welcome. Our website is christmasalphabet.com. You can find the episodes and a few other things there and you can also send me a note by email using the address wayne at christmasalphabet.com I'll be back on your feed in two weeks time with Christmas presents for you starting with the letter P No carols this time I don't think but we will be perusing pantomimes, plum puddings the puritans, poinsettias and pretty paper among other points If you want to suggest any Christmas peas before I record the next episode do let me know Please subscribe, please spread the word, and may the joy of Christmas be with you all year round. Christmas, 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 Christmas,